Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and the Hand Rangers podcast. My name is Cammy Bell and I'm with you on your extra show for the week as always as we look towards the Hibs game at the weekend and also some of the more recent news uh, that's happening around 150 Edmondson Drive. Joining me on this week's episode is Mr Simon Halloran. Simon, our transfer guru from our Patreon site. You must be as excited as a kid at Christmas because transfer silly season is around the corner. If it's not already started already in the last couple of days, yeah, great intro as ever, Cammy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, as you say, the, the action's starting to kick off now off the park in the next couple of weeks, so busy all summer ahead. Yeah, it will be, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, Simon, uh, whilst I've got the benefit of having you on the show, because I know that you are particularly close to these things, as well as looking forward to this weekend's game um, on Sunday uh, through in Leith. Um, how have you been feeling since the, the Old Firm victory? Uh, has it started to kind of sink in in terms of where we are and what it kind of means overall and all that kind of stuff? Are you still in a high from being able to gub Celtic? Oh, it was a long overdue win. That was that was the main thing. It was just just putting in a performance was what I wanted to see first and foremost. Certain players stood tall. Cantwell and Raskin, among others, were absolutely outstanding. John Lundstrom came on to the game as well. John Suter strolled it at the back. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get too carried away, but it's a big confidence booster for some of those players. And the majority of the ones that, that started that game will be playing some sort of part next season as well. So, it was good for them to get back in that sort of winning groove against Celtic. And as you say, it's a big few months ahead. Some of them might go, some might stay. But yeah, it was a bit laying down a marker, showing that we weren't going to be pushovers. And to be honest, Beals, bar the cup, the cup final game, that, that's the only one he's really got wrong against them. Um, personnel probably not been available sometimes as well. So yeah, they've been close run games until this one. Um, we really, We really turned up at the weekend. Yeah, I think so. And as I say, I don't want to cover it too much because obviously it's been a wee while ago. I, I think it's been interesting though, Simon, you know, when I've went back to work and I've spoken to a few people and stuff as well who are from, you know, that side of the fence that apparently didn't matter that, uh, you know, Celtic <laughs> weren't really trying. And I'd like to think that even in my time playing football at whatever level, I don't think I've ever been told by a coach, could you go out there and not try? <laughs> However, Celtic managed to accomplish it, according to some other fans. Yeah, this is Glasgow, so winning's everything, and they, they can say what they want, but they, they were hoping to come to Ibrooks and, and Scudders at the weekend there, and 
and a lot of them, to be honest, just seeing them online and speaking to someone, they were actually expecting to come up and see us roll over and them to, to win and be ultimately get their, their, their championship party going at our ground again. But no chance. Um, really good performance from us. They can say all they want. We, we know what it meant. It meant a lot to the Rangers fans. It meant a lot to, to, to us. It, it did. Getting, getting beat off a... Off the Rangers will hurt them that well. No matter what they say, they'll they'll be hurting over the next couple of weeks going through the summer as well because they know the next game and the the, the old firm games at Ibrooks as well. So they will be looking forward to coming to that one, and I'd imagine we'll probably stick to those same sort of ticket allocations as well going forward. There's, the atmosphere I felt was was absolutely outstanding at the weekend, um, and I know people will always say, "Oh, we need to we need the X amount of fans," and no, we don't. We cater to our own fans, and that was the main thing at the weekend. You had fans who maybe don't get up to a lot of these games due to a lot of the seat stubs, uh, seat stubs sale, uh, sales. So, yeah, it was a um, brilliant atmosphere. Big win. We move ahead with a bit of positivity this summer. Yeah, and listen, again, I think probably, it, it all joking aside, I, I totally get the fact that people will listen to this going, you know, it was a dead rubber. In the truest nature, it was a dead rubber, of course it was. Yeah. But we, we mentioned before, and I think David did an excellent job covering it in the flagship about um, it's also laying out a, a bit of a marker, exactly yeah. as you said, but I think there was a, there's definitely a psychological aspect to it that I didn't want to spend the next few weeks, and let's face it, right, we're going to get to the end of this season. It feels a bit to me, Simon, artificially alone, because obviously the World Cup and what have you, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to get to the end of this season, and then you've got that itch across the summer, and yeah, of course, you're looking at transfers and stuff, but I didn't want a lingering doubt in the manager's head no. about being afraid to be able to talk about that first old firm game of next season that you mentioned at Ibrox. Because the most important thing is um, the players and the positions that I think we need, we still need. I don't think it's made any changes to me. But, you know, maybe it gives me some food for thought on Robbie McCrory. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who listened to last week's show with Rob, and a little shout out to Rob, by the way, who I thought was absolutely excellent. Um, I, I, I was really eager uh, to, to see Robbie McCrory retain top spot. You and I were together on Saturday yeah. when the team were announced. And I think you could probably tell in my reaction that I was really pleased that McCrory uh, kept shut. And I'll be honest with you, I think he performed excellently, even in the simple things like being able to come off his line, being able to try and anticipate those long runs that the players could come on to. And I thought he made a couple of key saves as well. Um, because let's face it, you know, Celtic were still at a very, very good level that they wanted mm-hmm. to be able to try and put out a team that, as you rightly say, could win, could be able to take it to us. But I think Robbie McCrory performed really, really well. Don't know how you feel. We'll come on to one of the goalkeeping um, targets in just mm-hmm. a moment. But curious to know your thoughts and whether or not we still maintain that pursuit of a replacement goalkeeper or has Robbie McCrory started to give us some more uh, consideration there? Oh, he's definitely gave us some food for thought. He's he's going to be there or thereabouts in terms of the, the starting goalkeeper. I think now next season, just with the news that's kind of coming out in the last day or so about Butland as well. But again, Celtic that last time, remember the one 0 game? I felt the same sort of performance from him, making vital saves when he did came off his line when needed. He likes to rush, rush an oncoming player just to put them off that wee bit as well, and that's that's a good sign in a goalkeeper. He's very confident. I know he had the, the loan spell at Livingston. Didn't go completely uh, to plan, as he would have felt. But he's still there or thereabouts in the Scotland set-up as well. And who's to say he can't, he can't get the number one jersey? I don't know. It's like four, four starts, four clean sheets. But they've all been in four relatively pretty decent games. Do you know what I mean? Two old firms, a Europa League qualifier. 
a game against Aberdeen. So it's it's a good argument to have over the summer. Um, I don't know whether we're bringing a, a goalkeeper maybe about the same age as him now or what to, to try and fight for the number one jersey. I would have no issue putting him in just to see for the rest of this season and maybe over the pre-season games just to see how, how it goes because that will be confidence in him. No mistakes again at the weekend. Thought he was outstanding. He did but that wee slip. But even at that, that was that that wasn't anything major, so to speak. So no, no, no qualms at all about him uh, even starting the season as number one. I think he's got it. Well, let's jump into to obviously one of the transfer targets that has been kind of mooting doing the round um, in, in terms of the, the shape of Jack Butland. Obviously, Butland is uh, 30 years old. And I think in the last couple of days, um, as I say, anyone who's not really been across this story or been able to try and give it a little bit of kind of uh, distance because, you know, Simon, we know that newspapers have got column inches to fill. And as a result of that, you probably see a lot of transfer rumours that I tend to, my approach tends to be, I want to see if it's got some longevity in it. If they're still talking about it a few days later, then I think it carries a bit more weight. Jack Butland has been talked about for quite a wee bit, and I mm-hmm. I do believe that there was there was significant interest from Rangers, that there were talks being held, etc. However, it sounds like um, Manchester United are about to uh, look at uh, retaining him, uh, taking him back from his loan spell at Crystal Palace. Um, and be able to try and, and and retain him based on whatever may be happening with David De Gea. Mm-hmm. So the challenge for us is wages. Um, we yeah. cannot compete with wages no. that he will get down in England. It's silly money down there. And even for players who will not feature regularly, you are on probably far more than even our top earner at Rangers. Absolutely. It's one of those ones where it could go both ways. But in 30 years of age, he's... He's maybe not featured as much in the last couple of years. A move to Rangers could have revitalised his career to to become a starting goalkeeper again. That that was the thing that was mooted. That's what what the sale was basically to get him back here and re-establish himself as a as a decent goalkeeper again. Um, on the flip side, if you're getting offered a three million pound, whatever it is, three million a year contract to to sit it on the Man United bench. A lot of people are going to do that to get the odd game here and there. That that that's not to say it's a mentality issue with him. That that's just that's just common sense. If you're going to get that type of money, and these this footballers in this day and age will take the money. Um, I wouldn't. I would still like him to come. I wouldn't be overly fussed if he didn't. That that's the one thing because McCrory's emergence over the last couple of weeks has kind of solidified that view that he's going to be there. As I said, there or thereabouts next season. It's finding that right goalkeeper now. Um. It's a, it's a tough one for Michael Beale whether he does see McCrory. And, and the way he spoke about him over the last couple of weeks ha, has been glowing. Um, I know he wanted to play him sooner, but due to injury, he couldn't. So it's it's maybe been a bit a long time coming for him. Kind of the same situation as Alan McGregor was in uh, back in the mid-2000s when Gwen was in charge. He didn't want to play him. And then he, he was kind of forced his hand. Letizia had that, loads of errors. So, yeah, for me, it's, it's one of those ones where... I'd like Butland to come, but I wouldn't be too bothered if he didn't. Is there anyone else on your radar that you think could be another potential option for between the sticks? Anyone else that you've you've seen or heard of that we're we're, we're looking at that could be a? I, I don't even want to say a backup option because I don't want to disrespect that player because again, we we've got no idea how far along the Butland talks have really got to. Do you know what I mean if it's maybe even yeah. beyond a, a a noted? interest for example but anyone else that you've seen that you quite like the look of or, or anyone else you'd like us to, to have a gander at 
There's not been much. I mean, there's one David mentioned the other day was at Ivor Pandur, um, the goalkeeper who's at uh, Fortuna Sittard now, and I know he was on loan there from uh, Verona in the Serie A, so he signed there permanently till 2027, so that would be a fee involved in that one. He was he was linked the other day. I can't say I've seen too much of him. Um, he's a young goalkeeper as well, so that kind of fits in with the idea of him and McCrory fighting out for the, the number one jersey, so that's probably the path if Butland doesn't have, doesn't come. That's probably the path we're going to go down is get two young goalkeepers who have played decent amount of games. McCrory has played decent amount of games out on loan as well. We've got to remember, so it's going to be a good fight for that number one jersey next season. Personally, Butland is, a, is, is won't happen. I don't think that will happen uh, at all now with the with the Man United uh, reinterest, so to speak, in the in offering them a new deal to stay. Um, he would sign on there as a free agent, so. Yeah, I think it's about getting the best out of McCrory, moving John McLaughlin on, no harm to him. I just think that his time's come and gone, and we go with, with two sort of maybe mid-20s goalkeepers like McCrory is, and then one of the youngsters um, for the B team as the, the third choice. It's interesting because I know that a lot of people have said, you know, because the difficulty is obviously with our you know, neighbours down south, wages are crazy. And sometimes you're going to end up having to shop in a market for players who ultimately they're not getting game time at their mm-hmm. club, potentially been out on loan or generally I think, Simon, they're, they're, they're out of the immediate picture, I think is probably yeah. the nice way to say it. Now, there's going to be loads of circumstances where that happens and you're not going to be privy to all of the kind of background context of that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because, you know, in the last week we've heard people rave about Todd Cantwell rightly so and I think we, when we were talking about it last week and we were talking about um, the the motivation for players being able to come in and I think it was David and Todd on, on last week's show and I know I made reference to this but they've just been further proven correct in my view that you look at guys like Todd Cantwell who knows for a fact he's going to be here next season and to a certain extent you know he's playing in dead rubbers, right? He's playing in games, there's nothing yeah. competitive left to play for, and he's still going out there, and you can see the hunger and the desire for him to be able to try and go in. And sometimes that's what you need to be able to do, because you're you're able to offer something slightly different, that mm-hmm. it's not just about the financial incentive and the fees for wages, etc. It's also about being able to say you can be part of something. And ultimately, any player who steps in the door at Ibrox next season, across the course of the summer, anyone's come in, what we can offer them, or what we should be offering them, as a bare minimum, is a passion and a desire and a hunger to win trophies and be a huge part of that. And when you look at guys like Cantwell, Raskin, etc., these guys realise they are here because second place is frankly unacceptable. And when you're in it, you have to get out of it. That is the bottom line. Absolutely, Cantwell. I mean, he's the one that's I would say surprised everyone. He was kind of his career went off track somewhat. There was a lot of questions about his ability and his attitude and just how he would play on the on the park. But no, I mean, he's been absolutely outstanding for us so far. Um, application on the field is second to none. And what he, he really is, he's an on-field leader. He really is. He stepped right up. He doesn't settle for second best whatsoever. And you see that at the weekend there, Raskin especially. I've I mean, I've been harking on for, for months about him on on the various shows that we do, um, just even before he signed, how much a, a player that he was I admired. Um, brilliant midfield performance. It was just so much energy in there at the weekend. Lundstrom, 
looked revitalised as well with, with that sort of younger player beside him as well. And I know that Ryan Jack was back as well. So it's, it's, it's good options to have at last in midfield. We just hope that they can stay fit and healthy over the next couple of seasons. Um, and obviously we're, we're going to add to that hopefully in the next couple of days as well. So that's what you want. You want players that are willing to fight for the jersey coming in over the summer. And by the sounds of it, that's what we're targeting. Um, the ones that are, are strongly linked. And yeah, it's, it's going to be an exciting few months. I'm really looking forward to seeing the, the type of defenders Bill brings in as well. I'm, I'm hoping that Goldson, no harm to John Suter, who has been, has been really good over the last couple of weeks as well. There's a there's a big place for him going forward at Rangers next season, but we've just got to be careful with him. Um, with regards to injuries, he's probably one of the types that we can maybe play him one game out of if we get three in a week, we can play him once or twice at, at that week, and then leave him out for the the last game and whatnot. But it's it's going to be interesting how we how we line up defensively. Midfield, I think, is looking close to being sorted. Um, maybe another once if Glenn Kamara goes as well, there's there's, a, there's scope for one or two more, but. Uh, yeah, forward line, uh, we'll probably discuss that a wee bit later on, that's where the, the intriguing part is, how we're going to improve that Well, let's have a little chat then, just sticking into midfield for just a moment, because one uh, other target, which is certainly doing the rounds at the moment, is for Ecuadorian midfielder uh, Jose Cifuentes um, who is uh, currently um, playing at a uh, MLS sides LAFC. Um, my understanding is that there was contract talks that were happening about an extension at LA, but however, that seems to have cooled down. And uh, I think the most recent rumour um, at the moment, and it'll probably change tomorrow, but apparently it's ourselves and Toulouse who were looking for him, an attacking midfielder, keen to be able to try and get forward. Um, my my kind of understanding is having seen very, very little of him very little bit from understanding is Simon that he enjoys being able to go forward and contribute to that front line, be part of that. Probably feeling that there's a there's a the good opportunity for him to be able to come in here with plenty of the ball, plenty of attacking sense and bag himself a few goals and stuff as well. What's your thoughts on this one? This is a no brainer of a sign I've seen him a good few times. I like watching if I'm staying up late on a Saturday or Sunday night over watching the MLS games and he's often a standout for LAFC they won the MLS Cup, so that's basically they won the league last year over there. He's one of these players that, as you say, pops up every now and then with a goal. He's a really good finisher. That's that's the one thing. Good good with his head as well. But he likes a tackle. That's the one thing I've noticed about him. Um, good energy and drive uh, going forward as well. I mean, some people say he starts predominantly as a, as a defensive mid. He's not really. He's that sort of all-action type. Just all over the park, really. Um, so he has pretty much box-to-box. He scored, I think he scored, well, he's only scored 10 goals this season, roughly. Um, that was last season, sorry. He's, he's not scored yet this season. The season's only just started, really, over in America. He's got two assists already this season uh, in the league. Seven goals, seven assists last year in the league. So, yeah, he's, he is, he's that sort of goal-scoring midfielder who will pop up every now and again. Um, I'm interested to see where we'll play him if he signs. I'd imagine him and Raskin together. And then it's a case of, does Jack or Lundstrom? So, or a new signing, that, that's, the, that's the thing. But no, a really accomplished player, Ecuadorian international. He only signed for them about three years ago for just under three million three million euros. So there's a lot of scope to work with this player. Um, I know we don't really go with transfer market values on the, on their site, but they've got him down as like a 12 million euro player. So that's the sort of ballpark you'd be looking at if he was under a long-term contract. He's only got the six months to go. It does, seems a 
sounds a pretty positive about it, about him coming in. Um, don't know whether we, we can talk about where agents have been in Glasgow and whatnot, but his agent certainly posted a, a post on LinkedIn the other day. One of my pals sent me that one earlier on. Just in the show was his, his agent was in Glasgow for the old firm game at the weekend. So that does look pretty positive that it's going to happen. Let's just hope, because I know that sometimes negotiating with MLS sides, it needs to go through them, uh, through the, t- the side itself, then the league for some reason as well, getting get a wee cut. So, yeah, interesting one. And I really hope that happens. And um, and you know, as you mentioned there as well, we we we've got surgery to do. I think in the forward line, I think everyone's kind of expecting that at some stage and stuff as well to 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 come in pretty quickly. Anyone that you you've seen or heard any interest towards that you'd be you'd be keen to bring into Rangers? Oh, I mean, ideal world. Who, who wouldn't you bring in? Um, very quiet in that. Um, just not not just amongst our friends and whatever or people that we usually get wee bits and bobs from there's been absolutely nothing um that that's probably a good thing to be brutally honest um we don't really want seeing names splashed all over the media and whatnot it's not good for us at like our transfer news but that's just the way the club should be doing it um there was names linked a couple of weeks was it josh Maja from bordeaux i think there's a clause in his contract where he can he can stay for an extra year if they if they get promotion, I think there's a couple of games left. They're currently second in, in the automatic place, so chances are they get promoted. But apart from that, there's there's not really been much doing the rounds as to been as to be players that have been linked in terms of forwards. Um, I know the guy Lewis Palma from Aris over in Greece. He's more of a winger come forward, but that looks to have settled down a wee bit. That was quite noisy last week with regards to agents and. Sporting directors over there mentioning it, but, but nothing at all from our side. So that one doesn't look as if it's got any legs in it. So it does seem as if we're keeping our cards close to our chest with regards to forwards. For yourself, though, do you feel that that is definitely something that we are going to have to invest in pretty majorly based on? Obviously, we know Alfredo Morelos is at the door. We, we, you know, we've been accepting of that for some time, I think. But not only that, we're. I'll be honest with you, I'm not sold in where we are with uh, Rabbi Matondo and Fashion Sakala. I think that there's too much there for me, which is, I think we've kind of tolerated or we've just kind of accepted it because it's the the, the, the choices we have. Mm-hmm. So are you looking at being able to try not only get someone that can potentially play through the middle, um, because it looks like, if um, some rumours are to be believed, that we may be looking at potential offers for Antonio Cholak as well. I don't yeah. know how much the manager likes him. I don't know if he, he he can really fit into what the manager sees as his system. So we're not just talking about the players that we've seen pretty frequently, but we're also talking about the players who may be going, even though they haven't been featuring that much. Yeah, Cholak's a prime example. He came in at the start of the season. Um, a lot of people were on his back right away because it took him a couple of weeks to get going. But he's more than justified the, the spending, what was it, £1.8 million on him, helping us with goals to get us to the Champions League. So... Yeah, we'd probably get our money back on him. I think that's probably time for him to go, as in the summer. Um, Sakala, good numbers, but is he going to have a long-term future? I'm not too sure. I mean, Michael Beale does does seem to like him. Um, I wouldn't be upset if he did stay about, but it's not as a genuine first-team starter. Uh, we can't be going with that again next season. Matondo... Just hasn't worked out. Just, just won't work out either. That's the thing. I mean, people keep saying, "Give him a chance." Give him a chance. Even at the weekend there, he was still. I mean, he was running about. He was doing his role okay, but 
there was there was absolutely nothing in terms of end product, and I've not seen it at all since he since he came in. Um, Scott Wright as well. I think he's been linked to go to Preston, so that would probably be a good move for him because down the championship, a lot more space for him to, to do some damage and he has a pacey player and see if Scott Wright could just add goals to his game, then he'd be a decent player that's the thing, and it's just never really clicked for him at Ibrox, he's gave us some decent moments but he's one that will go away in the summer as well, so, and then you've got Kamar Roof, so does he stay around for the last year of his contract did the club try and loan him out, because I don't see anyone taking him off our hands with a transfer fee, so that's possibly one that might get loaned out for the year if he's if he proves his fitness over the summer, or do we just keep him? Arguably a really good finisher, um, one of the best at the club on his day. There's that argument here to keep him about and just grab him in cotton wool and only use him in certain games because fitness is his, his match fitness is is fine at times. Um, when he plays, that's that's the one thing he's naturally fit at times, but that's as bad as it is to say. But it's just the injuries just kill him, but his fitness when he's playing in games, when he actually does play, he's fine. It doesn't take him ages to get up to speed. So, yeah, if it was up to me, I would move Kamar Roof on. So really what you're looking is you're looking for at least two centre-forwards coming in in the summer, and then you're looking for wide players as well, wide forwards, so to speak. So I would say you're probably looking at you're going to need four players in those sort of areas to, to come in over the summer. I do think we'll get them, that's the thing. It's just getting the names out of the manager that's the, the tough one just now. Yeah, and, and again, Lisa, I like what you said earlier on. I, I've, I've said this before, anyone who's listened to the show, you know, more than once will have heard me when we talk about um, how we've, we've done our transfer business and the fact that we are, you know, we're, we're not given anything, you know, by Rangers at all, even yeah. despite the fact that I think we're in really good terms with them. But, you know, they just do not talk about it. And I have always felt that that is exactly the right way that you want to be able to do transfer business because no good comes from nope. being able to put it into the wider sphere. And as I said to you before, newspapers have column inches to fill. They will, you know, they will absolutely have no problems in terms of being able to try and put, you know, two and two together equals potato. It's just going yeah. to happen because they, they, they will have to generate some sort of, of, of story that, again, for me, I think that unless you start to feel it, running and and being a little bit more consistent by and large it can it kind of tends to be dismissed within a couple of days you mentioned there something else as well simon which i did want to be able to try and pick your brains on because what we need to focus on is not just the potential players who are coming out and the mm-hmm. potential players who are coming in um there's obviously been talk this week of uh, ryan jack being given a, a a contract extension been able to try and look at that as much as i think that our anger of how this season has went we can't really um, go on a scorched earth approach of getting everyone out the door. No. You also mentioned guys like Kamar Roof. I can't see as to what we would do with Kamar Roof because I don't, I don't know who would take him. Yeah, but with guys like Ryan Jack, I think Ryan Jack's a f- been a fantastic servant to Rangers. I suppose my concern when I heard the news that we're potentially extending him for another year is we kind of did this with Alan McGregor and it didn't work. I think Scott Arfield is an interesting option. Mm-hmm. Um. But a good example of a player who's not getting a consistent run of games, uh, going to struggle to be able to try and maintain, and I don't want to say fitness because I think fitness is unfair for Ryan Jack because he absolutely trains like a bear, mm-hmm. Ryan Jack. He is a phenomenal trainer, but his match fitness in terms of staying injury-free is really problematic. 
how much consistency you can get out of a player. And Kamar Roof absolutely fits this mould as well, by the way, where mm-hmm. you're talking about players who can definitely make big contributions, but it's a temporary thing rather than being as consistent as you would like. Yeah, there's always the but. That's the thing where you compare the midfielders just now, um, Ryan Jack to Sifuentes, who basically hasn't suffered any major injuries in his career. He's he's only 24 or whatever just now, but it's, uh, it's, it is on paper that he's an upgrade on Jack, who, who has been a good performer for Rangers. That's the thing. I'm not saying he's not been, but injuries have absolutely killed him over the last two or three seasons. Um, we can't really afford to be carrying too many more passengers. So if he can stay fit, fair enough. That's it. That's why it looks as if it's only going to be a year contract for him. So I think on much reduced terms as well, to be got to say. So if he stays, fair enough. I don't see him being a, a first-team starter um, next season. Um, unless there's, there's major injuries, touch with there's not. Um, but it is, there's a few that could get moved on. Kamar Roof, I, I would say the only way we can get him out is probably on a loan deal to like, an English Championship club or something because nobody's going to take him on a permanent contract um, this summer, uh, but not with a year to go. That, that's one thing we've got to knock in the head. That's probably not going to happen. Then you've got guys like Ben Davies as well. I would imagine he'll be, he'll be on his way down the road. I know there was some doubts over Yilmaz um, in the last couple of weeks, but I felt he'd done done perfectly well at the weekend. It's, I'd like to see him given more of a run in the team. Um, Barisic, who only a year left, I could see him going. That's that's one I could see going. He's, he's naturally has been fit for a number of years now at Rangers. He's never really suffered a major injury. So a year to go in his contract, absolutely. I could see him moving on. He's what, 31 now, so... Maybe one last chance for a big contract in Italy or something for him. So, yeah, there's going to be a few players out the door. Scott Arfield, oh, I've seen him 50-50. He's kind of been okay over the last couple of weeks when he's featured. He's that sort of guiding presence to younger players at the club, much like Stephen Davis was as well. So, it's a difficult one for me. I'm, I'm not sold on keeping Arfield yet, just as I wasn't on Jack. But I can see the, the pros with Jack on a much reduced contract just at a year, just to to maybe help bed in new players coming into that position. So it's it's a position that I wouldn't like to be in if I was Michael Beale. <laughs> no, listen, I, I, I totally get that. And I think that that's why it's so tough to be able to look at the the overall picture, if you will, because um, it's part of his role. He's going to have to come in and he's going to have to manage the squad in terms of who stays and who goes. And I think you hit a great point there, which, uh, you know, centres around... Um, the influence of players as football fans, we can sometimes get caught into the whole aspect of you don't know what the uh, the impact certain players coming or going will have, and I think that we've probably suffered at times from the fact that we didn't refresh the squad when we should have, which has then led into a certain malaise. Which I think you know is fine, right? You know we understand that we've, we've, we understand what the dangers have been of that, and we've had to kind of weather that storm, but. You also then have to try and look at uh, certain players leaving and coming out of it, and do you still have that influence? You know, Stephen Gerrard, he had he trusted lieutenants, and Ryan Jack was absolutely one of them. Con Goldson, Tavernier, etc. But you know, I think Scott Arfield was within that, and I think Scott Arfield fundamentally is a really good uh, guy to have around the squad, and there's a benefit to that, right? You know, obviously everyone would say well, it would be great if he could play and he could play consistently. You know, father time catches up with us all, of course, but most important thing I think now, Simon, is that 
you know, you mentioned this earlier on, it's about us looking to be able to try and revamp that squad, but do so um, with a due diligence that we don't actually set ourselves back by losing some natural leaders and almost leaving it slightly threadbare in terms of clear steering direction. Does that make sense? Absolutely. We've got to keep that, I wouldn't say we've got to, but preferable to keep that sort of link to that sort of successful Gerard era, just for just even for an extra year, just to to let these new guys build in, uh, bed in. There's no, there's no way I'm saying no. Oh, Arfield and Jack should be starting every single game. That's just not going to happen due to either age or injury. But these guys are, they would be good to have about just to bed in guys like Sifuentes and whoever else comes in. Kieran Dowell, for example, he he'll need he'll need that we pick me up. Um, Michael Beale's notoriously good for that, getting his arm around players' shoulders and telling them how good they are and whatnot. Look at Todd Cantwell. I mean, Cantwell's close pals with Kieran Dowell. I think Dowell was actually up the other week there, but it sounds it um, hanging about in Glasgow with him. So <laughs> it's one of those ones where he's he's clearly sold on the move already and he's he's making the moves early doors. Injuries again with Kieran Dowell is one thing, but yeah, that that's proven that he wants to be here. That that's a good thing for him. But absolutely, your point your point stands. It's keeping that sort of link. We're, we're going to be losing Alan McGregor, Philip Hollander, Stephen Davis probably as well. So, I mean, they're three big players, um, big leaders over the years at Ibrox. Um, Hollander maybe not so much in the last 18 months, but he'll still be about the training ground um, helping the players out and whatnot as well. So, to lose that sort of influence, it will be hard for some, for some players. They've built good relationships down the years, but... Yeah, keeping one or two of them about, no real issue with it. Um, as I said, Jack's probably a no-brainer on reduced terms at an extra year, and possibly lean towards giving Arfield the extra with with the, the proviso that he wouldn't be starting many games. And and I think he's understanding that now as well. You see that when he's coming on, he's only coming on for five ten minutes here and there, and uh, helping to see out games and whatnot. And he has that good player to have, just a calm head at times. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting summer. Uh, Ryan Jack to stay on. Arfield, I think, will probably stay on as well. And we'll probably see a nuclear fallout for some fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I just want to jump back to it for a sec, because obviously we want to talk about the game coming up against Hibs at Easter Road on Sunday. And um, one thing that I, you mentioned, which I, I want to jump on there, is, is Ridvan Yilmaz. Because uh, in our uh, post-match car pod on Patreon on Sunday, uh, Saturday, I beg your pardon, um, the guys made an excellent point around Yilmaz being involved within um, within the game, but probably answering the question that's been put to him regarding his size. Yes. And one of the boys had said, I think it was Kevin Armstrong, um, had said, uh, but that's that won't happen, you know, against other teams. Or sorry, it will happen against other teams where... Um, his size wouldn't matter against Celtic, but it will matter against other teams. And I think that that, that is a perfectly fair comment. But there's definitely, there's definitely been some focus on that. I thought he played well on Saturday afternoon. What I would like to be able to see us do is continue that with games like, uh, you know, Sunday coming up, where we, we are going to be testing him against a more physical level of opponent, a more... Um, rustic style of football is probably the the nice way to say it but I think you know what I mean absolutely no and Kev made that point I know he's been making that point for a good while about the size of Yilmaz and whatnot but in the games he has played I mean I know there's only five or six starts but 
for me, he reads a game well, and what he lacks up, what he lacks for in height, he does make up in his, his game awareness, and he takes that wee step back if there's a high ball coming, sees the sees the ball coming. So he has it. He reads a game really well, and that that's one thing I've been impressed with. Much different fullback from from Barisic. That's that's one thing that we've all noticed straight away. He likes to drive forward, make those swift passes as well. So that was a really good performance from him at the weekend. I'm hoping to see much more of it. I'd imagine there will be some tough times come up when, especially in a, a difficult away ground like Easter Road is. But yeah, put him in again. Let's see how he gets on. I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. That's that's the thing. I don't have many real questions over him. And um, we brought him in for a reason. And um, maybe at the time it wasn't the, the wisest use of funds to bring him in that early or whatnot. But yeah, for me, if we're going to settle on him going forward as a, a legit choice at left back, he plays the rest of the games this season and. We see what happens. Um, sadly, I would probably move Bon on as a result. Yeah, I mean, possibly, but you know, there has to be that, and we've kind of talked about it. I think a lot across the course of the the second half of this season, where we were, you know, saying about that it's about the evolution of the squad, and you yeah. know, things have to change, a refresh, whatever terminology you want to use with it. Even the manager has kind of. I don't know how purposeful this has been, Simon, but he's kind of went down a road of changing some of the language that he's used when he said about a revamp or a rebuild, he started to kind of go into it. But I do think that there is definitely something that, that we talk about, which is about being able to utilise, freshen up the squad. And if players move on as a result of that, then, you know, it's happened to all of us in our lifetime supporting Rangers. Um Let's talk a little bit then, Simon, just before we wrap up then in terms of looking forward to, to Sunday. I think, uh, you know, as we've mentioned before, and I cut, you know, pretty much since the league was done and dusted, yeah, um, I see these games now as exercises for us to be able to focus on the players who are going to be here next season, what we can get out of them. We've just mentioned Red Van Yilmaz in terms of, uh, you know, the benefit of allowing him to play in games like this so he gets the grip with the physical nature of the Scottish game. Is there anyone else in any kind of considerations towards the lineup and who you'd like to be able to try and see involved and and, and if so, why? Um I would try to keep us keep as much the same as we can. Robbie McCrory's got to start. Um I would let him see out the rest of the season, maybe other than the last ten minutes uh, against Hearts next week for, for Alan McGregor, just as a sort of farewell, even though he is getting the, the testimonial right enough to be to be honest, but no, I would go pretty much the same team again. Maybe you're looking at Matondo dropping out. Um, I can't see any way back in for Morelos just now. Maybe Sakala going to one of the other sides and, and pushing Lovelace in for a start. That's, that's maybe what I could see happening. But um, no, there's not many changes really required, I don't think. I think I, I quite liked the look at young Lovelace again. You know, I, I've not had an opportunity to see him much within the flesh, and I thought, well, it's 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 a good opportunity for just to purely come in and yeah. get a feel for an old firm game. I, I think he did okay. I think he he put himself about quite a bit. One of the things that, and listen, it's perfectly natural, so it's absolutely not a criticism. But one of the things you can definitely see from young guys getting involved in this game is feeling as if it's it, it gets a little bit of the better of them. And listen, there's been professional players, tenured professional players who have went into old firm games and they've absolutely had the shock of their lives. I thought Lovelace played well. I thought, like you say, he came in there. He, he's certainly um, not afraid of being able to try and get himself involved within things as well. And I thought that that spoke really well about his, his approach and his attitude for it. He's about to go into the international uh, the international tournaments as well. So mm-hmm. likely it is that he, he, he will not feature. Yeah. Um, but 
a good opportunity for him nonetheless. And I think that this will provide a good opportunity for players being able to try and go forward uh, into next season. And it gives them a few games under their belt at the tail end of the season just to show the manager that you know they're invested. And I think investment's the key word. As you've got guys like, like Lowry as well, Bailey Rice will be looking for, for some game time. So yeah, it's, it's a good chance to to bring them in. I would imagine maybe the, the game against Harps or St Mirren might be the ones where we maybe make more changes, so to speak, towards the, the last two games. But yeah, Lovelace, done, he didn't do himself any harm. He did put himself about pretty well. He, he was he was closing down the Celtic. But he's obviously just listening to the manager's instruction, playing his natural game. So... And any time I've seen him for the, the, the B-team highlights and whatnot, he has, he's always that sort of nuisance up front, who's he is pretty bullish. He's got that bull in a china shop routine about him, but he's, he's got composure with him as well at times. So he's only 17. He's only going to keep getting better and better. He's played first-team football at Millwall and now at Rangers. So, yeah, it's, it's the future looks good for him. Um, maybe next season's maybe the time to see a bit more of him um, and if he can make the breakthrough. Same way, same way Alec Lowry as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Now listen folks, it would be remiss of me uh, just before we wrap up uh, for this week's Extra not to also mention um, the, the Rangers women's team um, who go into what is turning up to be a absolutely belting game at the weekend as a league decider. There's three teams in for uh, for contention. Rangers um, play Glasgow City at the weekend. Glasgow City are top of the table with 80 points. Rangers and Celtic are underneath uh, tied on 78 points. Rangers with a one goal um, advantage uh, on goal difference as well. So not only do we need to win against Glasgow City, but we also need to better the score that Celtic have against Hearts. Now that game um, is at Ibrox, so if you're not going to be able to make it along to, to Easter Road on Sunday, uh, you can head to Ibrox. It's a 10 past four kickoff. Um, Simon, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it, but I'm hoping that the, the women's team are going to have a uh, a great support in the stadium. I think that there's there's plenty of exciting build up to this as well, and yeah, I, I, I'm really hoping that the the women do it because they've not had the best of seasons in terms of maybe some slippage in terms of games that they should have seen out and conceding last minute equalizers, yeah. etc. But you know they're in contention, they're there. And listen, you know, we've all got great memories as Rangers fans of winning the league in the final day of the season and stuff. Wouldn't it be brilliant if they could do that as well? Oh, absolutely. I've watched the last two games. Um, the game against Celtic, they beat them 1-0. And then the game against Hearts at the weekend there, um, 6-0 it finished up. And it was it was one of those ones where they were 4-0 up at half-time against Hearts. And really, that, that should have been the time to, to push it home. They scored quite, quite early in the second half to go 5-0 up again. Um, scored a late, a late penalty late on. Um, so yeah, it was just a bit unfortunate because eight or nine goals was there for the taking at the weekend and that could have made all the difference. You just think Celtic will probably hammer hearts at the weekend. So it's going to really need to be a pretty monumental performance against Glasgow City to get the job done. You never know, they, they very might well do that. So uh, as far as I'm hearing, there's, there's very good numbers. Since I've seen one of the Women's Supporters Club get uh, Girls mentioning there's a record crowd for a Rangers women's game. I know Celtic had they were letting their season ticket holders in for free to their game last week, and I think they got about nine and a half thousand in. So if we can beat that, brilliant. Let's try and try and get as many fans in. I think it's only a pound for entry for for season ticket holders, and kids get in for nothing. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you're a non-season ticket holder, you can get in for seven pounds for adults, um, and uh, I believe it's three pounds for concession juveniles. Um, listen, absolutely um, great to be able to see the Rangers team involved within a, a competitive finish. And if you can, and 
absolutely let's get along and support them as Simon says um, thank you to our executive producers in London Mr McLean and Paul Myers um, David will be back with you on Monday with the flagship show and if you like being able to try and get some more Rangers news and why would you not and get a chance to listen to some brilliant transfer shows by Mr Halloran himself jump onto our Patreon site which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand you can get up to five shows a day for only £2 a month. It is an absolute bargain. Simon, thank you so much for joining me on Extra this week. A, a pleasure to have you along and, and, and brilliant as always. Love it, mate. Thanks very much for having me. Folks, uh, have a brilliant weekend. Hope your uh, your Rangers team win, whether it's going to be Easter Road on Saturday afternoon or uh, Sunday afternoon or at Ibrox later on in Sunday. And hopefully, uh, Rangers women bringing home the title. Thanks, everyone, and we'll speak to you again on Monday. Bye bye. Podcast Network.